to our beloved Master Sanji, the beautiful one, who gave me so many moments of his company. And as he said in the satsang, that the stories of the love never come to an end. So in that way, the talks of his love will never come to an end. I am very grateful, Barbara Ji, thank you very much for choosing this satsang, the commentary on Samandayalune, because it reminded me many things. And as all of you would have noticed, that whenever the mention of this bhajan would come, Sanji would become very happy. And he would always take advantage of that opportunity to talk about my difficulty in understanding that bhajan. And yesterday after the satsang, I was talking to Bablu and I said, well, did you notice that how Sanji would become happy whenever this bhajan was talked about? And then Bablu remarked, he said that yes, maybe because Sanji used to get an opportunity to tease you. That is why he would become so happy. But I am very grateful to beloved Sanji for this particular, this bhajan. Because even though he made me translate all the bhajans which he wrote, but this is the only bhajan as far as I can remember, in which he gave me his maximum attention. Because I had difficulty in understanding the bhajan. I don't remember how many times I would have gone to him asking him questions because it was very difficult for me to understand that what's happening in this bhajan. And he gave me very long sessions of explanations because when he would talk about me being a married man and he would say, well, oh, you are a married man and still you don't understand this. And I could not connect my being married to what Sanji was talking about in the bhajan. So then Sanji had to tell me so many things and he, he would sometime even act how the husband does things with the wife, like how the husband caresses the wife, how he puts his hand, his finger in the hair of the wife and things like that. So I have many memories of translating this bhajan and I'm very grateful to him. And after he left, <clears throat> whenever I have heard the satsangs in which Sanji has talked about my difficulty in understanding this bhajan and the way he would become happy, the way he would be pleased, I would feel very good about this. And I would feel that at least there was something which pleased Sanji. At least there was something which was in a way connected with me that brought some pleasure to my beloved Master. There is one more thing, one more incident <coughs> which I would like to share with you which was equally pleasing to Sanji and he would laugh a lot whenever he would mention this and he did this a lot during the Indian satsangs. 
this is an incident of i think it was the first tour when we had gone to get the shots for yellow fever and uh, i don't remember that i was trembling with fear like sanji says but maybe he is right and uh, maybe I, i didn't see it and he saw it but he used to say that if you remember that when we went for the yellow fever shot and uh, they were preparing the needle to put the injection to sanji and looking at that <coughs> papu started trembling with fear and his color changed and papu's father was also there and he said well have some courage be strong you are a son of an army man because you know that my physical father was in the army so sanji used to say that my father said that be strong have courage you are a son of an army man and then sanji added that and also you are going to be traveling with an army man because sanji was also an army man and uh, he used to <laughs> laugh a lot he used to be very amused and very pleased whenever he would mention this incident so whenever i hear these things i become very happy that at least on those occasions i don't know whether he was teasing me or what but it was very pleasing to him and it was very it is a very good feeling to know that something in which you are connected something which you might have done brings a little bit of pity, uh, pleasure and happiness to your master talking about the bhajan and when sanji was explaining to me about this bhajan i remember the other day like he had said in the satsang also that some mahatmas have talked about the love or the relationship between the master and the disciple as the relationship between the husband and the wife or some mahatmas have called that relationship as the relationship between the father and the son and there was a lot that he taught to me maybe this is true to everybody but since he gave me much more explanations many more things he told me which were not part of the bhajan and which were not part of the translation of the bhajan but i learned a lot from that in a way he was teaching me what should be the relationship of the wife with the husband and the husband and the wife and what should be the relationship between the father and the son he made things so easy for us so simple for us he was very simple and he presented he explained the path to us in a very simple way even though we find it very difficult to do this path to follow this path but if we listen to him if we read his writings we will find that he made things very simple in this context i remember <coughs> once pathi ji had made one remark he had told sanji that sanji we all are very ignorant ones we all are very innocent the farmers and we are around you you are great you are almighty lord but we are all illiterate people and i remember sanji had said that in a way that is very good master kirpal has brought only the innocent the ignorant ones and the illiterate people around me because i myself am an illiterate person and that is why he has made this arrangement <coughs> papu is the only so called educated person 
among you. But even he is not like the educated people. He says only what I make him say. So this is all arrangement made by Master Kripal. And you know that all his life, Sanji never allowed any educated or any high qualified person to be near him. Even though there were many people who came to be close to him. And Sanji gave them a lot of love and he handled them in his own way. He wanted to keep his path very simple. And he taught the path in the simplest way, in the simplest form. Because he knew that only through the simple words could he touch the hearts of the people and could he tell the reality. <clears throat> so we are very fortunate ones that we were given so much time to spend in his company. I don't know whether this is, maybe this is true for everybody, but even though five years have passed that we have not had any physical presence of our beloved Sanji, but still all the moments which we have spent with him, they are still very fresh. You know, <clears throat> Sanji has often told you about my habit of going to watch the movies. And you know how in the movies sometimes when a character visualizes something or fantasizes about something and then you see on the screen that what he is fantasizing or what he is thinking is going to happen. Or sometimes you see things which have happened in the past which they call as flashback or something like that. So I feel in the same way these five years which have passed is like something which is not real. It all seems like unreal. It seems to me, it feels to me as if we are sleeping and this is like a bad dream and we'll be awakened from this sleep and this bad dream will end and everything will once again become the same as it was. We will once again have the physical presence of the Master. There will be programs, we will be brought to His feet. He will give us the same love. He will give us the same darshan, the same glances of His beautiful eyes. I mean, this is my wishful thinking. <coughs> because if you remember all what happened in these five years, spiritually we have lost a lot. And the remembrance of the last day, last day of the physical body of Sanji is so strong and I can't help myself but I feel like I should share that last day which was very painful for me in my life with all of you. <clears throat> Few days before Sanji left his physical body, as you all know that we were preparing to come on the tour and uh, even though some dear ones had some indications from within which were overruled by Sanji, Sanji did not. Sanji actually said against that. But that was supposed to happen and it happened. So, a few days before the tour was going to start, maybe two weeks before that, Sanji allowed us to go to Singapore. I took my family there for a vacation. And when I left, Sanji was completely healthy. All the preparations for the tour were almost done. 
And so Sanji said, well, why don't you just go and spend some time with your family? Because then you will be gone for a long time with me. So that is why I took my family to Singapore. And when we got there, and I made a phone call to Gurmail, then I came to know that Sanji was not doing well. He had become sick, and that worried me. And I wanted to come back to India right away. But I was told that, no, there is no need to worry. And it is just a little bit of weakness, and everything is going to be all right. <clears throat> and when I came back to India, because it was a very short trip, maybe four or five days, when I came back to Delhi, I called the ashram, and I was told that everything was okay, and Sanji was getting back to normal, and the tour was still on, and there was no need to worry. But on that fateful day, <clears throat> the day when beloved Sanji left his physical body, early morning of that day, actually the day before, <clears throat> just before three o'clock, I had terrible very frightening dream <clears throat> in which I don't know where I was taken but I was taken through very dark places and it was very frightening but at the end of that I came in front of our beloved Sanji and that removed my fear Sanji was sitting there and the place where he was sitting was not very bright it was not very illuminated it was kind of very dark and dungy place and it was not something that one would feel happy looking at. But still I was relieved to see beloved Sanji there because I had gone through that dark places and it was very frightening. And what I saw was that there was a westerner who came and uh, he had come to take Sanji's picture. And he asked me to ask Sanji that when he should come to take the photo. He used the word photo. And Sanji replied that yes, now the time has come to take the photo. And photo will be taken. Tell him to come at 12 o'clock. At 12 o'clock the photo will be taken. Now the words which Sanji said in Punjabi which literally translate into English as the photo will be taken, taken at 12 o'clock. Usually in India, when somebody is going to die, they use those words, that now your photo will be taken or now my photo is going to be taken, because taking photo is like the last thing one can do in one's lifetime. So when I heard that, I didn't feel comfortable and I, and I was woken up from that dream and I was very terrified. I was very afraid. Because usually you know when you have the darshan of the master, you wake up with a lot of happiness, a lot of peace, a lot of joy. But here I was, I was very much terrified and I could not understand the meaning of that. So I woke up my wife Shashi and I told her about my dream. And we were trying to figure out that what that could mean that the photo will be taken at 12 o'clock. Even though I knew and my mind was telling me that something bad is going to happen, maybe Sanji is going to leave at 12 o'clock. But I did not want to believe that. And while we were just debating over this, we were, we were discussing this, I think at about 3.45 in the morning 
of the 5th of July. The phone rang and Gurmail called me up from Rising Nagar. And he told me, <coughs> I asked him, as soon as I heard that it was Gurmail, I asked him, well, how is Sanji? He said, oh, yes, he's fine. I came here to Rising Nagar to bring some medicine for him. Uh, but he has told me to give you a message. He has said that you should cancel the tour. I said, well, cancel the tour. How is Sanji? Is he all right? He said, yeah, yeah, he's okay. He's a little weaker, but there's no need to worry. He's okay. And he just told me that since I'm going to Rising Nagar to get some medicine, I should call you and I should tell you that the tour is off. <clears throat> now, I, I could not take that from Gurmail and I said, well, should I come? He said, no, 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 there is no need for you to come, don't worry. Everything is fine, Sanjay is okay and he is weak, but he will he'll be okay in a few days. But I think that he is feeling too weak for the tour and that is why he has said that the tour should be cancelled. So he told me that I should tell you and then you, so that you can inform the people that Sanjay is not going on the tour. So once again I asked him if I should come. And once again he tried to discourage me. He said, no, 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 you don't need to come. Don't think anything bad or anything like that. Sanjay is okay. Now he knew that what, what I was thinking and he, he said, no, 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 you should not worry. He will be all right and he is okay. But I, I couldn't stay there. I couldn't stay in Delhi. I called. After I finished my call with Gurmail, I made up my mind that I should go to Rajasthan. But I could not go all by myself. And I could not take anyone from my family either. So I called. Jawahar, my brother, who was living on the first floor, the second floor of the house. And because it was the summer and maybe the phone was on some, in some other room and because the air conditioner was on and he did not hear the phone ringing, so there was no answer. Then I thought of a couple of other people whom I could take. I thought of Mr. Oberoi, but then... I also remembered that maybe that was not a good idea, so I didn't call him up. And later on, Mr. Rabura got very upset with me that why I didn't call him. Then I tried calling my brother-in-law, Shashi's brother, and they also didn't answer the phone. Usually, in those days, whenever I would have an opportunity to go to Rajasthan, I would take Mr. Handa. He is a satsangi, and those who have been to Sampla, they might remember him, a bald guy who would even go to the airport to receive the dear ones. So usually I would call him and I, I would take him with me, but on that day I knew that he was sick, he had diarrhea, and I didn't want to take him. That is why I was trying all these different people. But finally when I could not get hold of either my brother Jawahar or my brother-in-law, and I didn't want to call anybody else, so then I was compelled to call Mr. Handa knowing very well that he would not be able to come with me. But when he got my phone, he was very surprised and he asked me, well, what happened? I said, no, 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 nothing has happened. But this is what Gurmail has said, then I feel, and I feel that I should go. Even though he has said that there is nothing to worry about. I asked Mr. Handa that, can you come? 
He said that, oh yeah, I'll be there in 15 minutes. So he came <clears throat> and then we drove all the way from Delhi to Rajasthan straight. We did not stop even for gas or anything on the way because I was worried about that 12 o'clock. And I wanted to make that trip. I wanted to reach Ashram before 12 o'clock because somewhere in my mind that taking the photo at 12 o'clock was bothering me. And I remembered at that time something which my beloved Sanji, my beloved master had said to me which unfortunately did not come true. I don't know why. I, don't, I still don't know why he changed his will. Maybe there was something wrong with my karma or something like that. But I remember at that time that Sanji had told me that we will go together. Let me just tell you this incident also. It was, I think, in 1976 when Sanji had spent 45 days in our home while he was waiting for his passport and the visas when the first tour was going to happen in 1976 and then it didn't happen. So at the end of that stay, one day Sanji and I, we both went to the train station to book the train tickets and from there Sanji wanted to go and buy a wicker chair, a chair like Master Kripal Singh used to have. So we were on that uh, man-pulled cycle rickshaw and Sanji was talking to me. I still remember that we both were sitting so close to each other. It's a small place that the, the seat is very small so we both were sitting there and Sanji was telling me about the times when the masters leave the body and the disciples fight and I mean what happens people lose the benefit of the seva they lose the fruit of the meditation and things like that and he was giving me so many examples of Taiji and this and that and so many people so I kind of got worried and I said in my innocence I said Sanji then what is the use of doing so much seva if one has to lose everything at the end when the master leaves the body. And Sanji said, no, no, no. It is not true. Not everybody goes through that thing. Not everybody loses the seva. And then he told me about Guru Ramdas, that how he became the master by doing the seva of his master, even though his master was his father-in-law, but still he treated him as God. He always understood him as his master, as God Almighty, and that is how he did the seva. And at the end, he got all the riches of Naam from him. So he said that, no, no, it is not like that. And you don't have to worry about that time. We both will go together. These are the exact words which he said. So when I was going to Rajasthan, I remembered that. And I, it was like somewhere in my heart, this voice was coming that Sanji was going to leave at 12 o'clock. And I wanted to make it to him before he would leave because I didn't want to be left behind. I remember that he had said that we will go together. So that trip was very painful. <clears throat> I was driving like crazy. And when we got to 16 PS, just at the point where you take a turn to go to the ashram, when I turned my car there, when I took a turn, I saw Gurmail's mother coming out of the ashram gate and uh, she looked normal so that made me little happier 
So I drove very fast towards her and I stopped right at her feet and she was surprised to see me there. And I asked her that, how is Sanji? And she said, well, he's okay. They have just come back from Rising Nagar after seeing a doctor. And now he's okay. But this morning he had become very sick. So it turned out that when Gurmail was calling me from Rising Nagar, at that time Sanji was also with him, seeing a doctor, <coughs> which I was not told at that time. So when she told me that he was okay, I felt kind of relieved and I went in the ashram and then I ran, ran to his room and I saw him lying on the bed. He did not look sick at all. He looked as if he was just resting. He, he looked a little bit weaker, but he was in all his glory. He was very radiant and he was just lying on the bed. And when I got there, he made me sit <coughs> on that small round stool-like thing and he held my hands and he asked me how was the family and like that. I asked him, how are you? And he said, no, I'm okay. I am fine. It is just a little bit of weakness, but I am okay. And the way he looked to me, the way he gave me his darshan, I cannot forget. <coughs> that darshan was full of assurance that everything is going to be alright and there is no need to panic. And it was exactly 12 o'clock that I got to his room. And when that 12 o'clock time passed away, then I felt very relieved that now that photo thing is gone and I don't need to worry about that and Sanji is very much there and I became very happy inside. So after asking how the family was and some other things and he said, well, Gurmail told you about cancellation of the tour. He said that he was sorry that he would not be able to serve the Sangat as he had promised and he was very much aware that how the dear ones had traveled. Many people had already traveled from, from as long as India to attend the program in here in Vancouver and also in Calgary or, or, or in Shamos or wherever he was going. <coughs> so he said that he was very sorry that people have traveled a long distances. They have made so much arrangement. They have spent so much money but it is not in the will of beloved Kirpal that I go at this time. So we will have to cancel this tour and you should cancel this. You should tell the dear ones and please apologize to them on my behalf. And I said, okay, Sanji, don't worry about that. That will be done. We just relax and you just rest. And then he called Gurmail and he said, that go and get the food ready for Papu. I said, Sanji, <coughs> you know, in Ashram, usually they have the lunch at 12.50, 10 minutes of 1 o'clock. So I said, well, Sanji, it's just half an hour away. I can wait for that <coughs> lunch time. So there is no need to rush. He said, no, no, no. I know. You have not had anything since this morning. He knew. He knew that ever since I was woken up by that terrifying dream, I had not had anything to drink or eat, and he knew. And that is why he told Gurmail that don't wait for the lunch time. Don't, well, don't wait for the ringing of the bell. 
just get the food ready for Papu and go and make him eat. And then he said that, Papu, you go and eat and then you take some rest and then I will see you after the tea. So I followed him. Whatever he said, I did that. Because I had become very happy after seeing him. He did not look sick. And he was very jolly. And when he was telling me about the cancellation of the tour, at the same time he had said some humorous things too. And he also talked about the future tours and like that. So when I saw him again at like 3.15 after the tea, I had the tea with him <coughs> in his room. And uh, then we talked more about the future tours and the programs and so many other things. And this time he was sitting up. He was not lying down, he was sitting up. And he looked, to me, he looked completely healthy. Very beautiful, very radiant. And I couldn't believe that he had been to see a doctor this morning. And Gurumail was also there. And I was with him for like two and a half hours and we were talking about all the things, all the issues. And then Sanji told me that, okay, Papu, tomorrow morning you should get up early and then you should go to Delhi and you should make the phone calls so that people get some notice because already it is too late for people to cancel anything. They, they have already made the arrangements, but still we should tell them as soon as possible about the cancellation of the tour. And uh, because we had all of our tickets and everything, so I had to go and cancel the tickets and do all the paperwork for that. So he said that you should go. At that time, Gurmail, I don't know why, but maybe Gurmail had some inclination. Maybe he had some insight. When Sanji told me that I should get up early in the morning and I should go to Delhi and do all this work, Gurmail said that Sanji... Gurme, uh, Papu can go to Ganganagar and make the phone calls. Let him stay here for a couple of days. And Sanji said, no, no, no. You don't know. He has a great responsibility on his head. Let him go to Delhi and do all the work over there. I am okay. Don't worry about me. I'll be alright. I got some feeling that maybe Gurmail is worried and maybe he feels that he will not be able to handle this all alone. And he had told me that he would want he, he would prefer if I stayed there. I said, well, I don't mind staying here, but Sanji had said that I should go, so I had to go. So when Sanji was telling me about all these things and the way he looked, I had no idea that he will change his moj, he will change his will suddenly and he will fly away, he will go away. In fact, this is what I told Mr. Handa, the guy who had accompanied me, that I feel that tonight after the dinner, Sanji will call me and he said, well, Papu, forget about cancellation of the tour. It's okay. I'm feeling okay. And let us have the tour on and let us go and do the tour and everything is going to be all right. I was feeling that something like that is going to happen. I say this because the way Sanji looked. He did not look sick. He did not look like he was going to leave. This was at about 6.30 that when I came down from his room. Afterwards, after the dinner, 
I saw a lot of activity going outside Sanji's room. Gurumail's brother told me this later on that usually Sanji never allows him to do any physical seva. But on that day he asked for him, particularly for him, and he asked him to bring the buckets of water and pour in front of Sanji's room. And he did that. And everything seemed okay until I think about 11 o'clock. At 11 o'clock, Sanji started feeling uneasy. This is what I was told by Gurumail and his family, his father. Because Gurumail's father was also there, his uncle was also there, Gurumail was also there. So he started feeling uneasy at about 11 o'clock. And Gurumail said that we should go to the doctor. And Sanji said, no, 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 I'll be okay. But I think it went on like this for half an hour. And at 11.30, Sanji said, he called Gurumail and he said that, now I have had enough, let us go to the doctor. Take me to the doctor, he said. At once, I was called, and before I could get in my car, they had already put Sanji in the car and they had already left the ashram. So I followed them. And since I was not very well aware of the doctor's place in Raisinagar, it took me like three, four minutes to get to the doctor after they had arrived at the hospital. It was a small hospital there. And when I got there, they had put Sanji on the stretcher and they were waiting for the heart specialist because the doctor in the hospital thought that maybe Sanji has had a heart attack or something like that. So the heart specialist came and by the time we got there, the heart specialist also came and Gurumail was standing towards the head of Sanji and I was standing at, towards the feet of Sanji and the doctor took Sanji's blood pressure, which was very, very low and he asked Sanji to open his mouth and show him his tongue. Sanji not only opened his mouth to show his tongue, but he also made a voice a very strong voice, just like when you say, ah, like that. And when I saw that, I, I felt kind of relieved, and I said, well, it looks like everything is going to be okay. And then Sanji also opened his eyes, and he looked straight at me. I was looking there, and I remember seeing his eyes, and I did not see anything in the eyes which could tell me that he's going to leave the body in the next moment. And the doctor said, okay, let us take him to the uh, operation theater because over there they had the oxygen cylinder and they wanted to hook up the oxygen cylinder to Sanji. So then Sanji closed his eyes and as we moved the stretcher, I saw his hand was falling like this. And that's how, and that's when he left. But we could not believe that this is how Sanji would go. So when we went in the operation theater and the doctor brought the oxygen mask and he, he felt the pulse and Sanji was gone, he said, now there is no use, he is gone. And we couldn't believe that. 
And I, I got upset. I told Dr. Bell, what is this? You should do something. Make some efforts. Do, some, do something. Press on his chest or do something. He said, no, no, no. He is gone. Gurmail was there, I was there, Gurmail's father and his uncle, Mr. Handa was there. And no one could believe. Because we all had seen Sanji getting even worse, getting more sick at other times. And this time he was not sick. We did not feel that he was sick or he was going to leave. So when we brought him back to the ashram, they wanted to rest his body on the room below his his bedroom. But I insisted that no, we should take him to his room. My mind was thinking that maybe this is all a drama. This is all a dream-like thing happening and he will wake up soon, he will wake up. So we carried him to his room and over there, according to the Indian tradition, they wanted him to lie on the floor. Because they say that once the person has left the body, the body should not be put on the bed. It should be put on the floor. So they wanted to do that, and I opposed that. I said, no, no, no. We should make him lie down on the, on the bed. We should not worry about what the people will say, but we should... This is his bed, and he should sleep on his bed. And since Sanji had left some instructions with Gurmail that people should not cry and we didn't have to wait for anybody to come and we should do the cremation right away and things like that. So all that discussion was going on and then I had to go and call everybody. So I went to Raising Nagar and I could not make the phone calls. I went to Ganganagar then and I made all the phone calls and by the time I came back, it was like 5 o'clock in the morning. And I don't know what happened. I was spaced out that even though I had made all the phone calls myself. But when I entered the ashram, I asked the guy at the gate, how is Sanji? Now this, was, this is the question which I always used to ask whenever I would enter the ashram, that how is Sanji? And he said, well, Papu, what happened? Are you, where are you? And when I went to Sanji's room and everybody was sitting there on the floor and Sanji was on, on his bed, I asked Bant, did you make chai for, did you make tea for Babaji? And then we could not control ourselves.
किथे गयो परीत मावे किथे गयो दाता जी किथे गयो परीत मावे किथे गयो हाथी अपनी बाग सजा के आपे तूए बूटे लाके हाथी अपनी बाग सजा के आपे तूए बूटे लाके नहीं सी छड़ जाना सानू मालियावे नहीं सी छड़ जाना सानू मालियावे किथे गयो दाता जी किथे गयो परीत मावे किथे गयो दाता जी किथे गयो परीत मावे किथे गयो पता जे होंदा नाल ही जांदे कानू एडे दुखड़े उठांदे पता जे होंदा नाल ही जांदे कानू एडे दुखड़े उठांदे जे चिर लोना सी रखवाली आवे जे चिर लोना सी रखवाली आवे किथे गयो दाता जी किथे गयो परीत मावे किथे गयो दाता जी किथे गयो परीत मावे किथे गयो हुन ताडो जगदा बेड़ा बन लावे और हुन कीड़ा हुन ताडोले जगदा बेड़ा बन लावे और हुन कीड़ा
तेरे बाजों कौन बचावे तेरे बाजों कौन बचावे खुशहाली आवे किथे गयो दाता जी किथे गयो परीत मावे किथे गयो दाता जी किथे गयो परीत मावे किथे गयो सुन फरियाद अजैब दियावी आके दुखियां दा दर्द